Okay, so I hear you like books. Why, yes, I do. That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. And this is a special book. Because when you read a book as a child, it becomes part of your identity in a way that no other reading in your whole life does. And I have gotten carried away. Yeah. Yeah, you have. Are you seeing the books? Everything you want to read is right here. Feel it. Feels good, right? Just smell it. Nothing, nothing smells like that. Welcome, friends, to episode 36 of Reading the Newberries, a team friendship podcast. This episode, we'll be talking about the book, Jacob Have I Loved by Katherine Patterson. Today, I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Lauren. Hello, friends. And Mandalay. What up, friends? And we are very excited to discuss this. And should we talk about the significance of episode 36? Is that going to be too like dating of the podcast? <laughs> Well, Leah, I think we should. I think so. I think we should too. <laughs> I mean, it's totally just ridiculous. But tomorrow, as of when we're recording this podcast, will be my 36th birthday. And here we are recording episode yes. 36. Happy birthday to Leah. Happy birthday, Leah. It's just the best gift, guys. Aww. Way to turn 36. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You do it the best. It's weird. It's weird to be turning 36. Yeah. I feel like everything above 35 is just going to be like, I'm just getting older, you know? Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I don't remember how old I am. I never remember how old I am. I have to do the math. Yeah, I did that recently. Somebody asked me how old I was. And I was like, <laughs> 31. Four, take away five. 30, 31. <laughs> So anyway, we have uh, wandered off track, but are we ready to discuss this book, Jacob, Have I Loved? I think we're, we're more than ready. All right, let's do this. Okay, I'm going to read the book summary from the Goodreads. All right, so this is Jacob, Have I Loved by Katherine Patterson, winner of the 1981 Newbery Medal. All right, here's the Goodreads description. Sarah Louise Bradshaw is sick and tired of her beautiful twin, Caroline. Ever since they were born, Caroline has been the pretty one, the talented one, the better sister. Even now, Caroline seems to take everything. Louise's friends, their parents' love, her dreams for the future. For once in her life, Louise wants to be the special one. But in order to do that, she must first figure out who she is and find a way to make a place for herself outside her sister's shadow. So we have already given some author history on Katherine Patterson back in episode 8, which was our episode on Bridge to Terabithia. You're prepared with the exact episode. I am prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are interested in that check out episode eight i will put the link in the show notes thank you i and was just talking about bridge to terabithia today and i said don't do it 
don't do it. Yeah, that one was, there were a lot of tissues in that one. It was heart-wrenching. So yeah, and I read, I watched an interview of Katherine Patterson, and she spoke of this book, Jacob Have I Loved, as the book that she's most proud of for writing. I think it just took a lot out of her, so she didn't think she would ever finish it, (laughs) so she was very proud of it. But that's all I could find. I don't know if you guys have done any research or anything. No. So one thing I did have questions about is it's set on uh, Rass Island uh, in the Chesapeake Bay, which is fictional. But there are real islands that function in the same way um, that it's based on. I was just very curious about that life. It's nothing I had ever really learned about before I guess yeah I did some I watched like some videos on the Chesapeake Bay and can they teach me how to catch oysters and crabs yeah the the fishing and crabbing industry is pretty big there I bet they make sushi and it's delicious they probably do a lot of like crab boils Mm -hmm. and lobster oh now I want seafood do they make a chowder out of lobster Lobster chowder? I don't know. Is that a thing? Yeah, there was something. uh, Her mom made something or something. Mm, We'll have to find a recipe Mm. and add it. I was trying to find like a food related thing to like add to the experience, you know. But I couldn't remember That's definitely a food thing. I like crab rangoon. Seaweed. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) It's like mostly cream cheese, isn't it? But it's um, good. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Michael made it the other night and it was delightful. I also like crab rangoon. But I also like actual crab and lobster. I've never had oysters, though. Yeah, I don't think I have either. Allegedly, they're good. But they just look weird to me. I'm actually not finding a lot about the book. As far as food? No, just like information. Mm. It's so old. There's a lot of like teaching tools and summaries, but I'm not seeing a lot like from Katherine Patterson. And I couldn't even find, it's kind of hard to find her Newberry acceptance speech because I don't think they like recorded them back then. Like they do now. She won several awards for this book. She got the Notable Children's Book from 76 to 80. School Library Journal Best Books of 1980, Best nice. of the 80s YA Novels, Best of the 80s oh, best ALA of the Book 80s. List. I remember this book being more like Christian. And reading it now, I'm like, oh my word, this is so abusive of like the Bible and different things like that. Like when I read it the first time, because they use scripture and like a, a Bible story, I was, I knew it wasn't a Christian book, but I thought, wow, they use the Bible. <laughs> and this time through, I was like, oh my goodness, they use the Bible. the Bible in it. <laughs> 
to abuse people. Yeah. How old were you when you read this, Leah, the first time? I was wondering about that the other day. I, I couldn't have been more than 12 or 13. Okay. I believe, I mean, obviously memory fades when I'm as old as I am. No, um, I believe this is one of those books. I found at a thrift store and just chose to read on my own when I was younger. But then also we were a part of this feature films for families VHS club. And one of the movies was Jacob have I loved. And so I remember being excited that it was a book I had read. And then it was also a movie I could watch. And I also remember being very uncomfortable <laughs> with the movie and the book and rereading it. I kind of realized why it does have like a darker, I just feel like it's a darker book and I don't know how yeah, to like. I think so too. Yeah. I don't know how to better describe that, but I don't know. Maybe we should get into the book discussion. Let's do it. So in the first pages of the book, we meet Louise Bradshaw, a 14-year-old girl who is growing up during the 1940s on the fictional Rass Island, which is located in the Chesapeake Bay. Louise is a twin sister to Caroline, who was born a few minutes after Louise. Caroline is described as blonde, poised, pretty, and vivacious. She is also musically gifted, so her parents spend a lot of money to send her across the bay to Salisbury for voice lessons. I remember struggling so much with the book and the movie caroline is especially in the movie i remember caroline being depicted as such a brat Mm. but reading the book i really think she just is in her own head yeah kind of in her own world i mean there are times where she's super selfish and just doesn't yes think about others but I think she's given a lot, like she's sent for voice lessons, not of her own volition, like her parents see the talent and want Mm -hmm. to give that to her. And then everyone just dotes over her because she was very weak when she was born, Caroline was. And so a lot of attention was given to her. And then Louise was just sat in her crib or her little basket or whatever they put Mm -hmm. her in and she was content to just be there because she wasn't sick she wasn't crying she was just fine and so they kind of ignored her and doted on the one who was struggling and didn't they have to like take her off island to get help or something the caroline i think so yeah they had to take the fairy to the hospital right so it's not actually anyone's fault which i think is why they reference the Jacob have I loved and loved mm-hmm. and he's I have I hated but yeah what were you guys' thoughts on that I just I didn't well first of all I didn't finish the book I got halfway so there's that that's further <laughs> than I thought you got Mandy so well but done. I didn't like dislike Carol Caroline or whatever but I felt bad for Louise Mm-hmm. because like she I don't know like it was neither one of their faults but I feel like they both deserved the same amount of love and attention and recognition 
you know, they were just, they're just different, which is fine. Everyone can be different. And why couldn't she be praised for her, for her good skills out on the water? Yeah, I don't know. Well, and this is something, I actually think about this idea a lot. If you are a strong person who can handle a lot and who has handled a lot and who doesn't require a lot of extra attention, you do sometimes tend to get ignored. Mm -hmm. And I think it's hard for people that are perceived as stronger to voice that they, they need some love they need some affection i agree i don't know i can they still want it but they just don't want to voice it and i don't feel like that's wrong no and i feel like sometimes they also don't know how to receive that attention either Mm -hmm. like they want it but then if it comes their way they're like i'm fine i'm fine i can and i think louise is kind of that person like she wants the attention but also she doesn't want the attention (laughs) right if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's a good yeah, that's a good thought. When I think like this is like a classic like living in the shadow of someone else and like I mm-hmm. feel like out of the three of us, Mandy, you probably can relate to that the most. <laughs> <laughs> Why ever would you think that, Lauren? Well, just like <laughs> with you being the youngest and like I don't I don't know if anyone ever said this to you, but maybe f- I don't know. I could be putting words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, but just maybe having that feeling of, like, you should be more like your sister, or why can't you be more like your cousin? Like, I don't know, like, if that was ever said to you um, explicitly. Um, I don't think in those specific words, but yeah, it was implied. I'll tell you why, because I am a fiery ball of chaos. (laughs) (laughs) Which is good, and we need that, you know? Like, we don't we don't need three Leahs, and we don't need three Laurens, and we certainly don't need three Mandys. <laughs> the world would burn to the ground. Um, but yeah, like, we all have our, yeah, we all have our own specific things that make us special and unique, and when we come together, it's, it's beautiful. Yes, you get this <laughs> magical podcast. you're welcome world so i feel like that's one of the lessons from this book is for people to maybe realize that the people in your life that seem stronger and like they have it all together you know they still need that recognition they still need to feel loved and and like what they're doing and contributing is worth something yeah There was a word when I was in college and taking all of my teaching classes, like I think one of them was educational psychology, and they talked about, there was a term for it, and I can't remember the term, but I don't think knowing the name of the term is what's most important, but they were basically cautioning against like, you might have students in your classroom who are the smart ones or whatever, and you might be tempted to give them less attention because they're doing okay or they're you know their grades are fine so they don't need as much help but try not to overlook them because they might you know they might need help or don't just assume that they don't need help basically Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of the same philosophy here like 
just because somebody seems like they're okay or seems like they're capable doesn't mean they don't need help. And I mean, I've been there too. Like, I think I was that student growing up where I got good grades, but I don't know. There were times where if I would ask for help or be like, yeah, I don't exactly understand this, it would, the person, the teacher or whoever would be like, well, you'll figure it out. Like, you don't need my help. Right. Then I would just be struggling and frustrated. (laughs) And it's like, well, I could have gotten this done faster if you would have just told me how to do it instead of (laughs) making me figure it out. (laughs) Which I know there's some value in figuring things out for yourself, but I don't know. Like, yeah, it's also frustrating when people like just assume that you're smarter than you really are. Right. But you are smarter. (laughs) Well, I'm not, but thanks. So we talked a little bit about Caroline's gifting. She was very musical, musically talented. Louise, however, is just, she's plain. She's ordinary, and that's how she's described. And she prefers to be out on the water crabbing with her best friend, McCall. And they call him Call for short. And this, Louise, is also helping to supplement the family income. Her father is a waterman. He fishes for crabs and oysters. And her mother's a school teacher uh, who ends up being a stay-at-home mom. And then their grandma, oh, bless her, (laughs) is a cantankerous and often senile woman who um, also lives in the same house with them. Yeah, their grandmas are real... uh... Oh, guys. Yeah, that grandma... Grandma, <laughs> she's a real piece of work. <laughs> yeah. That was a little painful to read at times. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I did not like her. I mean, I don't think we're supposed to like her. I think no. there's a part at the end where there's a bit of sweetness but i didn't hate her i just (laughs) i mostly found amusement in it to be honest (laughs) i think that's what you have to do like otherwise you you do hate her because she's just like oh there's grandma make her comment again (laughs) just just gonna ignore that (laughs) and for some reason it i don't and of course this book is told from louise's perspective but it just seems like the grandma, for some reason, has it out for Louise. It's like she's always yes. picking on Louise. She's yes. always making net- negative comments toward Louise. Is there, because again, I only got halfway. Is there any ever any explanation for that as to why she seems to I think to she's going crazy. Out? I think, I just think she's crazy. Like she has some... Okay. Some type, I don't know. I don't know if they ever give a diagnosis. Well, and it seems like it's kind of back to what we're talking about. Like, Caroline is always off with her music and, you know, delicate Caroline. And Louise seems like an easy target for the grandma. Right. Well, and yeah, I think, yeah, Louise is around the grandma probably the most. Like, she's the one Mm -hmm. who is taking care of her. And so, yeah, she's an easy target. Well, and I'm wondering, too, so I don't know 
I think we get to it later, but um, eventually it comes out that the grandma was kind of a late bloomer and she had a guy that she really liked and then he went off kind of suddenly. Um, And I think maybe she kind of sees a little bit of herself in Louise. I kind of got that picture. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I can see You know what I'm saying? Because Louise is very like tomboy doing the men's work on the island um, and kind of gets overlooked because of her sister. Well, one day... A mysterious older gentleman arrives on the island and moves into an old, deserted home. At first, Louise thinks he may be a spy for the enemy, since World War II has just begun. But one day, out of curiosity, she and Call go to the house to peek in and see if they can find proof that he's a spy. He sees them out the window and invites them inside. They learn that his name is Hiram Wallace, and he grew up on the island but left as a young man. Call and Louise become good friends with Captain Wallace, as Louise refers to him. Eventually, Caroline joins the group, which Louise does not like. Yeah, Caroline, stay with your own stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I really like this. It kind of is one of the things that we appreciate from Kate DiCamillo as well, where they combine generational storylines and you see... Um, these kids working together with this older man. Um, so two different things happen in the story where they kind of become this unlikely foursome that they have to work together to help each other and they help the community. Um, so the first thing that happens is they have a neighbor. Everyone calls her Auntie Trudy Braxton. And she suffers a stroke and they kind of they find her um, laying on the floor of her home and they discover that she has 16 cats living in her home, which I think they knew that she had a lot of cats because there was something that happened where they a cat was loose or something and they mm. like, oh, that must be Auntie Trudy's or whatever. But um, so that that was interesting. And then the second is a hurricane comes um, and they all work together through that. But what <laughs> did you get to the Trudy Braxton storyline? Where they talk about like going to her house and like I the smell of it and everything. of the cats. Yes. 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 Yeah. The the smell of ammonia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's cat pee. <laughs> I was so gross. really grossed out by that, and I was really I couldn't remember what happened and so when they found her and the cats i was really nervous about where the story was going right like are they like oh no they have eaten her (laughs) i'm pretty sure you have to be like gone for a while before an animal begins to eat you i mean if you have 16 cats i feel like they would get pretty hungry pretty quickly i mean i guess this is not appropriate conversation I love, though, that, like, so they have to send her off the island, and then they're like, what do we do with these cats? And, like, at first, they're gonna, like, they're gonna, like, you know, 
get rid of them, basically. I would have just but, set them loose across yeah. the island. It's a pretty small island, like, though. Yeah, you can't do that. And so, of course, Caroline comes up with the great idea to basically go door to door and, like, use her charms to, like, convince neighbors to take in these cats. And they do, and it works. And, of course, Caroline gets all the credit and... Yes, all the praise. Yes. Even though it was Louise that jumped off the boat or whatever and swam or whatever happened. Because she couldn't take it. I love yeah. how though how they work together to clean up her house. Yeah. I really appreciated that storyline. I think that is really cool for kids to see. Because we don't really have a lot of community like that these days. Well, I mean, I'm sure. We live. Yeah. Not where we live. Not where we live. Um, I, it seems like you either need a very small town or a very big city mm. in order to yeah. have close community like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we live, people are just able to live their lives without really intersecting that much. Yeah. You guys know how I feel. I could I, I could go community. on a rant. Spirit of the people. <laughs> I know. Which I'm like the worst. Like, Don't I'm all like, guys, off. community is the best. And then and I just then, yeah, no. am introverted. I'm going to stay, stay at home. in my home. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me and how the community, community is going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I need to practice what I preach, but like, yeah, it's like we were, we were created to live in community. We were not created to be islands and we just, I don't know. I just, we really need to get back to that. Or I really do see like the end of like civilization as we know it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's going to be the apocalypse. Yeah. Cause it's just, yeah, We've we lost not, the community. Yeah. <laughs> We were not created to do that. So, like, just making conscious efforts to to be dependent or reliant on other people. Because it's like, if you have the money or, like, your own capabilities, like, you can figure things out for your own right. or on your own. And you can hire somebody to do whatever. But well, just once making an effort to your money call your friends first or call family first. Um. Because, yeah, we weren't made to live alone. I'm reading, or I'm listening to an audiobook right now called The Life We're Looking For. It's by Andy Crouch, and he talks a lot about that. Um, I'm only, like, halfway through the book, but he he gets into that a lot. So, I don't know. I recommend that. Mm, little side recommendation there. Yeah. yeah. bat. <laughs> So the second thing that draws this unlikely team together is the hurricane that hits the island, which, as you can imagine, if you're on a small island, a hurricane would be a pretty big deal. And they try to team together. Um, Caroline is actually sleeping through the whole hurricane. And another picture of how Caroline is babied and they just let her sleep and Louise is told to go get the captain from his house by herself as a hurricane is coming. Mm -hmm. Which, 
you know, that's just the life of Louise these days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Poor Louise. Sure. I'll go out in the storm. Let's let Caroline sleep. That would have been my attitude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'd hate to wake Caroline. I'd be like yelling, don't worry, I won't wake up Caroline. (laughs) Stomping all the way out of the window. Knocking things over. Oh, oops, I broke it. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Was I too loud? Just not as delicate as you, Caroline. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) <laughs> yes, the the captain's home gets destroyed in the hurricane, or it it gets like flood, it's like just flooded, right? Gone. It's just gone. Yeah, it's totally yeah. flooded. Which I was doing, I was trying to find more about the Chesapeake Bay. If you look up videos on the Chesapeake Bay, the probably the main thing you're gonna find is like the watershed, like that's their thing, and like mm-hmm. there's a lot of conservationist stuff surrounding it, and it really has to do with just the shorelines are decreasing basically or increasing i don't know you know what i'm saying like there's not as much land because the water just keeps taking over and they're just trying to figure out a way to like preserve preserve it and like it's also having an effect on um and it's like pollution is part of it too like it's having an effect on the crabs and the fish and everything Mm -hmm. that's a part of that ecosystem there um so yeah, that was interesting to me that yeah, his house is just gone. Like it's just not part of the landscape anymore. Hmm. And didn't they say something about how they had to bury people on the island? Like there was like I feel like they mentioned something about that too. Um, I can't well, they remember talk about specifically. How, like there's just caskets that float up during yeah. these hurricanes and they just okay. have to rebury them. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. Which is very disturbing. Oh, we got we got another one that rolled in during the storm. kind of that's kind of what happened. Uh, so interesting. This is just normal. Yeah, I didn't get that far. Sorry, it's yeah. just striking me. It was very, very much like that. Oh, Grandpa's rolled up on the shore again. <laughs> Get out we'll your shovels. <laughs> Come on, Louise. Caroline, right? you stay there. <laughs> Don't wake up Caroline while we go bury him again. <laughs> sure, wouldn't want Caroline's little pink fingers to get dirty. <laughs> Well, yes, it would negatively affect her voice, and we can't have that. <laughs> I have some very, like, pent-up resentment for Caroline. It's just coming out. We're, we're just going to start, like, in our day-to-day life just saying Caroline and referencing Caroline, and nobody's going to know who we're talking Caroline. about. Don't worry, I'll do it. Caroline yeah. wouldn't be able to handle it in her delicate condition. <laughs> okay so So, i don't know there's a scene that i i don't know how you guys took this scene well mandy maybe you didn't read this part she said she didn't get this part 
Okay, so <laughs> Caroline and the captain, they like row back over to like check on his house and it's not there. And nope. so, right? Not Caroline. Louise. Louise, Louise, Louise. Because Caroline's Caroline still couldn't be her bothered. Caroline's <laughs> <napping> perpetually. <laughs> Sorry. Louise and the captain go like on a rowboat or something or some boat to go check on his house and it's not there. And Louise, it says like just so much compassion wells up in her. And so she like puts her hand or she hugs him or something, right? She hugs him. Okay. And then, like, as she's hugging him, she feels, like, weird or awkward about it and, like, pulls away and, and feels ashamed, like, because I think she has, like, a little crush on him or something, right? Is that how you took yes. it, Yes. Yes. So she f- hugs him, and the, the, <laughs> the verbiage is a little disturbing, the way they describe the feelings that well up inside her. Um, so she hugs him. She feels awkward. She pulls away, and so she's, like, looking down, and she's super embarrassed, and she notices his hands and how wonderful his hands are. And this is where I find it inappropriate <laughs> for certain ages, I would say. At what point did this go from being a children's book to YA? Right. Well, this is like her coming of age moment is what I took it. And yeah. she she like imagines her hand, his hands touching her body. Like that's what it says. And, like, how wonderful that would feel. And then, like, throughout the rest of, like, most of the rest of the book, she is just obsessed with how his hands look. And she feels super awkward around him. And I was very uncomfortable (laughs) with this scene. I was, too. (laughs) But I would just, like, sometimes I can be, like, the... I am also now uncomfortable. (laughs) I mean, I could understand if this would have happened with Call. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think I know why it didn't happen with Call. It would have messed up the story. I don't, but I don't think so. I think it would have been appropriate. Yeah. It was super. The, so then I'm thinking, like, wait, I thought this guy was like as old as her grandma. Yeah, he's like older than her grandma. And I got so confused. Like, maybe I wasn't listening close enough. And. Surely he's got, but no, he is in his 80s, right? Like 70s or 80s. Yeah, yeah. And she is like wanting his hands to touch her. And it was, it was incredibly disturbing to me. Yeah, me too. I, I was not okay with that. Hmm. And, and I think it's, it was even more so because it kind of carried on her obsession with hands carries on and that is the first thing eventually like they kind of follow their lives so by the end of the book she's an adult and it talks about how much she loved her future husband's hands and so I'm like okay so this wasn't even like a I don't know it was just very strange to me yeah I mean uh, it was weird Andy I it was it was weird I'm trying to like think of it in a way where it wouldn't be weird. I mean, it's and I know weird. that sometimes young girls, when you when you have like your, I mean, I I can cut this out if you guys don't think I should say this, but like your sexual awakening, basically. I mean, that's what it know. sounded like yeah. in the book, and so you know, you might be attracted to an older man. Yeah. I don't know. 
It's that not uncommon old, <laughs> for, think, you know, because when you're I, young like that, I don't think you really, like, I don't know, like, you have crushes on, like... On an 80-year-old yeah. man? I had crushes on, like, members of boy bands, you know, who they were in their 20s. <laughs> I mean, when I was young, I had crushes on, like, high school boys. Yeah. Right. But I mean, like when I was think about it, she's on this island and they did mention that there's like not that many like men of of, like that are available. I would I would have assumed she would have looked at him as like a grandfather figure. And I really thought that's how she was seeing him this whole time until you get to this part. And then it's just super weird. Yeah, I, I, I loved didn't see it coming, and when it happened, no. I was like, "What is happening, Catherine Patterson? I what is happening?" I agree that it's weird. I agree that it is weird, but I can also see the story element, I guess. And then her grandmother notices, like, kind of her yes. little crush that she has on him, and so she like shames Louise like any chance she can get she about always it, shames about Louise. how inappropriate it is and like I don't doesn't she call her like a harlot or something or I don't know like some like just mean really mean words so I don't think that was right like I don't think takes one to know one grandma as an adult <laughs> handling a situation like this like say you know, you have a 14-year-old daughter and she shares that she has a crush on somebody, like, shaming is not the way to go. Like, you don't shame her. Like, I mean, what her grandma did was not okay. Oh, you talk about how your feelings are normal and natural. However, not for an 80-year-old man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, and it continues to be strange because... Once Auntie Trudy comes back or is getting ready to come back to the island, Caroline has this genius idea that the captain should marry Aunt Trudy. And that's ultimately what happens. And Louise is super jealous through because it, I think if it just would have been that strange moment and then she realizes, like, oh, I'm. I'm starting to notice I'm attracted to men now, but it just keeps going. Like she's super jealous that he's going to marry aunt Trudy. And I, I think she ends up, does she not go to the wedding? I can't remember. Something happens. Um, I don't remember that wedding. She doesn't go. To I can't remember. Wedding. No, I think they just come back married. Yeah. The captain goes to get, aunt trudy from the hospital that's right yeah. and then they come back and they're married because caroline had this great idea which is obviously another mark against caroline and louise's mind right yeah like she she took something something else from her right Keep going basically. caroline why couldn't you just stay napping right and which like i don't know i feel like it could have be could have been rewritten not that like Louise was jealous of the captain marrying someone else, but just maybe she was jealous because now the captain wouldn't be able to spend as much time right. with them, you know, and do their little adventures or whatever as, you know, 
as they had before. Like, it could have been written differently. I don't know. Right. I really wish I could have found some interviews of Catherine Patterson. I don't, maybe there's some exactly. out there we just need to, to dig a little deeper, but I would really love to know what she would have to say specifically about this part of the book. Right. I'm wondering, like, even if she would, like, rewrite it? I don't know. Yeah. I'm seeing a few interviews in the video section. I'll have to, just a couple, though. I don't know. I'm sure we could write her. She's still alive. And like, I was going to say, why don't we? Why, maybe she's Catherine? got a Twitter. We could tweet She's on at Facebook. Her. She is on well, Facebook. That's not as fun. Well, I'm I sorry. just. <laughs> yeah, it was just very awkward, though. I I just felt very uneasy. Yeah, same. <laughs> about that whole part yeah. of the book. And I just want to point out that the captain was never inappropriate. No, 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 no. No, he was not. Yeah. And I don't even know if he picked up on Louise's feelings for him. I don't know. Honestly, she hugged him. Maybe this was, that was like her first like, like, um, physical something with a man other than, you know, someone that she was related to. And I wonder if she even got any physical affection given to her. Right. You know, from her parents. That Caroline did. You know, exactly. <laughs> like, I wonder if they were like, oh, well, Louise is, you know, she's a tomboy and we don't need to give her right. hugs. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, so maybe, mm-hmm. right. maybe this was the first hug, you know, that she'd ever right. given somebody. And yeah, it just kind of unleashed all these emotions for her. Well, throughout these events, Caroline continues to receive more attention than Louise. Louise longs to get off the island. It is her dream to go to boarding school, but she knows her family could never afford it. And, like, she's, like, secretly saving money to, like, get off the island. So the captain inherits a large sum of money because Auntie Trudy dies. Um, And so he gives a portion of it to Louise's family but not for Louise, for Caroline to continue her voice lessons. (sighs) It is at this point in the book where Louise's senile grandmother quotes the Bible verse to her, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Well. Which is... There's that. So cruel. (laughs) I mean, so then Louise looks it up to see who says that. And when she finds the verse, she sees that it's God that has said that. So then it makes her even more resentful that all of this is God's hand just being vindictive toward her, just choosing, just choosing to love Caroline more than her. And I think, so this is very much reading into things. (laughs) Just go with me on this. All right. So something that I've been studying a lot lately is how we view God 
um, we tend to look at God through the lens of our earthly father. And so a lot of times there's, I mean, no earthly father is perfect, obviously. Um, but there's a lot to be corrected or adjusted if that's how we're looking at God, because God is so much more perfect and holy and just than our earthly fathers. So it would totally make sense through Louise's eyes because her family, her father, her mother, they all favor her sister and she's feeling neglected. So when she sees that God is the one who says this, it's very easy for her to say, yep, this is all just God favoring my sister because that's all she's ever seen. She doesn't, she doesn't get that. Honestly, I think in a different story, Louise could be seen as the favorite because she's yeah. the one that lives the island life. Like she loves mm-hmm. crabbing. She goes, ends up going out with her dad. She's one of the guys, you know, that mm-hmm. gets to go be with her dad. Like she should have a lot of attention from her dad, but it seems like they just take it for granted that Louise will step in because mm-hmm. she's the strong one. Yeah. So then when she looks up this verse and as her grandmother so lovingly says it to her, it's very easy for her to just buy into, well, this is just God's judgment on me. Yeah. Hmm. Which is not, you know, what God is saying there. (laughs) No. And that's the thing, like her grandma, the whole book, like is just always like just quoting scripture but it's never it's never accurate. like the right like, no I don't it's know. not like, in context yeah it's just out of context and interesting doesn't she like hate catholics or something i don't know i think she like hates i don't know she's like very like prejudice and all of the things yeah so i wish i could relate Mandy. I love how Lauren just ignores Scripture me. out of context. <laughs> that's weird. Who does that? But, yeah, but that's it's not real. That's, I think, I don't know. Like, it's just, we have such a responsibility to not do that. Yes. And to keep each other accountable for when we do do that. Because no one, again, we're not perfect. And I'm sure we all have done it. But it's, I don't know, like, as you can see with this, like, it's very harmful to Louise. Mm -hmm. It's very Mm -hmm. harmful. And, and I'm sure we've all been harmed by scripture being taken out of context or not being um, interpreted correctly. Or being used as a weapon against you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it makes me very angry because it happens all the time and it makes me very angry and Mm -hmm. i'll tell you who it probably makes the most angry and that's god and so Mm -hmm. it's just it's we need to be very very careful with scripture yes i feel like it's a good good lesson from this book though and something that could definitely be uh discussed if you read this with your children of a certain age um just my thoughts
So, as we alluded to before, the war has started, and Call ends up joining the Navy. And so, with her best friend gone, Louise decides to drop out of school and help her father full-time on his boat. Uh, and she's tutored by her mother, who used to be a school teacher. So, Louise loves her father very much. And she loves the way he sings to the oysters. It's so endearing to her. And I think this is what breaks my heart for Louise is she has such sweet moments with her father that her sister never would have gotten. Yeah. And somehow it doesn't it doesn't go far enough to be I don't know. I think there's just a lot of unspoken things that should have been spoken. Yeah. Well, when the war ends, Carl returns to the States, but he decides to spend some time in New York where Caroline is now attending Juilliard. Oh, no. Paul and Caroline, surprise, surprise, get engaged. And once more, Louise loses out to her sister. This made my blood boil when I was a kid. Stinking Caroline. (laughs) Yeah. She just needs to go back to bed. (laughs) <laughs> I just like I don't this, do you not have enough Caroline <laughs> exactly like this was like honestly the most heartbreaking for me because it's like Louise's best friends with call of course she doesn't have these feelings for him early on but she starts to develop them as they as she gets older which is super like it it's not surprising and and it's like really like come on did he not even think Did he not even think? And this is what I'm talking about. Louise is just ignored. So here is my theory. I didn't say this earlier because I wanted to wait till we got further in the story. One of my theories for why Catherine Patterson wrote the storyline between the captain and Louise in that way is I think she's trying to show us. I think she's showing us that Louise is becoming a woman and like not the tomboy she used to be. But also, I think she's trying to draw a parallel between Louise and her grandma. Because the grandma is such a a frustrating mm-hmm. character in this story. But we see glimpses of grandma's humanity through Louise. And so we find out that grandma had a crush on the captain before he left the island back in the day. And but she was young, she hadn't blossomed yet. And by the time she became pretty, he was gone and he never came back. And so she ended up marrying someone else. So I think by Louise also having a crush on the captain and the grandma shaming her, it's kind of her own personal hurt coming out as well. Yeah. And so she can feel better by making Louise hurt too. And Obviously, Louise misses out on her love. Um, He comes back married to her sister. And so you kind of see some parallels between Grandma and Louise. I don't know. That was my only other like way to reconcile why in the world would you have written it that way? Catherine Patterson. That makes sense. I don't know. And they do have like a nice, so like her parents go to the wedding and Louise volunteers to stay home with grandma. And 
it's like Christmas, Christmas time. And so mm-hmm. Louise, I think she asked grandma if she could invite the captain over because he's all alone too. Uh, and at this point, her feelings for him are not that like she doesn't have a crush on him anymore. So it's not awkward anymore. Um, and that's when they have this conversation. Like the grandma actually says to the captain, like, why, you know, why didn't you pay any attention to me? Or like, you know, like, and they sort of like have this moment where she, I guess, forgives him and she's not angry at him anymore. It's like she's carried this bitterness with her, which is probably what has partially made her crazy and Hmm. senile. So, so it's almost like they get to have this moment where all is forgiven and I don't know. And the the grandma is, seems to be nicer to Louise in that scene in the book. I don't know. It's kind of the only scene where I thought, oh, I kind of feel sorry for grandma. I kind of, I don't know. It does not give you an excuse to treat people unkindly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the only time in the book where she's nice. But honestly, I mean, that's very realistic. Bitterness like that, when you hold Mm -hmm. on to it and just let it build and build and build. I mean, it it does. It takes over your mind, your body, and... Yes. Well, and it affects how you treat other people. Yeah. It's like if you think... Because it's, it's, it's very selfish. Like, cause she, mm-hmm. she was very selfish. Like, she felt like she deserved something that she didn't get. And mm-hmm. so now she's going to make everyone else suffer. I don't know. It just... Right. That's how and it Louise, came across. Louise was on her way to being that person. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, she was. Yes. She was very much on her way mm-hmm. to turning out just like her grandma because this, obviously this she didn't answer. get a lot of the things. Leah's right. We've it's a parallel. It. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out, guys. <laughs> We've got the secrets so, of no, the book. Yeah, it's so true. But yeah, it's like, I think at this point in the story when Caroline and Call get married, it's like Louise is she just kind of lets go and it's like you know yep. what like i'm not going to i'm not going to hold on to this anymore So instead of becoming bitter and becoming a replica of her grandma, she realizes she needs to make her own way in the world and she realizes she needs, um, she wants to leave the island to go to college. And I think this too is what made me think there's just a lot that wasn't said because she asked her mom, uh, will you miss me as much as you miss Caroline? And her mom says, I'll miss you more. And that was a surprise to Louise. Mm -hmm. She did not expect that answer because she's just been the one that's always there, Mm -hmm. you know, and doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like she's loved or wanted. So, and then I loved this little nod to um, feminism and just the discrepancies of the time Louise wanted to become a doctor. (laughs) So Lauren wrote wrote out some notes (laughs) And she said, I'm just, this is boring. (laughs) (laughs) Louise intends to become a doctor, but because America was stupid back then, she's told she will never get into med school because of all the men who've returned from war and they're waiting to get into med school as well. And they're getting in on the GI Bill. So 
there were a lot more men trying to take advantage of that. Yeah. Which I'm sure is true. I'm sure that was happening. So instead of becoming a doctor, she decides to pursue a nursing degree um, and reapplies to med school. And then she finds a flyer for nurses wanted in small communities in the Appalachian Mountains. So pretty much the opposite of where she grew up. So she ends up becoming a midwife in a valley of the mountains of Appalachia. And that was supposed to be a temporary thing, which we find out was also kind of her mom's story. So was it her mom that was actually from... I can't remember where her mom was from. Yeah, I can't remember where she was from, but yeah, she came to the island to teach. And yeah, she wasn't supposed to stay, but she met her father and they got married. And so um, Louise's story mirrors her mom's story in this way, because as Mm. she's a midwife, she's introduced to uh, Jacob, which is funny. Oh, Jacob, have I loved. He is a widower. He has three kids and eventually they get married, which is such a sweet. I love their relationship and Mm -hmm. how that works out. So she ends up kind of putting down roots there. I find it funny, though, because it's like, yes, she moves from an island to the mountains, but it's like in this valley, like these little towns. Yeah. Yeah. in Appalachia are just little islands. In, on their own yep. it's it's so yep. crazy to me again i was watching some videos on just like life in appalachia and it's just like some of these towns are just real tiny <laughs> and like it's like you can't even like drive a car <laughs> like i don't know right. it's, like, it's like oh my goodness and she basically moved from on one island to another <laughs> which is funny because you know Everyone wants change, but then you realize you don't actually want change. Yeah. So I feel like she thought she was making a big change, but then she's still just living on a tiny island. (laughs) Yep. I love it, though. Hmm. Good job, Louise. Louise's father dies, and um, so she brings her mother from Rast to live with her and her family in Appalachia, which I thought was really sweet. But the very last thing in the book is she is helping a woman in her town have a a baby, and she's having twins. Mm -hmm. And the first twin is born, and you know, is is doing well, is doing okay. But the second one comes out and is very sickly. And like, they they think the second one is going to die. And like the, the grandma, there's the grandma is in the room. It's so funny. It's like, there's the mom and the dad, these twins and a grandma. And the grandma's like, should we like call a priest basically? Like, you know, like, what are we going to do? And so Louise takes the baby and wraps her up tightly and puts her next to the to the stove to keep her warm and like watches her all night at one point the dad the father comes in and he's like you know she needs to be baptized and she's like be quiet and he's like but she needs to be baptized before she dies and louise is like she won't die 
Like, she's not going to die. And she just keeps saying that over and over to herself. So finally, like, she makes it through the night and the the second baby is okay. Let's see, who comes in? Was it the... The grandmother comes in and she says, thank you, we're so grateful. And she said, where is the other twin? You know, the first one. And Louise, it says, she had completely forgotten him. Mm-hmm. So she says, where have you put him? And the grandma says, she's in the basket, he's sleeping. And Louise says, you should hold him. Hold him yep. as much as you can or let his mother hold him. And I just love that because she... Mm-hmm. She was making sure that what happened to her, because she was the stronger twin, she doesn't want it to happen to this stronger twin. And I just thought that was a beautiful little way to end the the book. Yes. Yeah. It's poetic. I love that. You (laughs) guys. Yeah. So there there were parts of the story that I didn't, like and maybe uncomfortable but I really liked overall just the overall story and how it ends and yeah just learning more about the Chesapeake Bay and the Appalachian Mountains and crabbing and all of that was kind of fun to to look more into yes all of the side knowledge You'll have to put some of those links in there because you found some really fun videos about crabbing. And Yeah, I found some a little video about crabbing. It, this video I found, these people live over in England, I think. Yes, I loved that. It was. It makes me want to go there and go crabbing. It must be popular over there for children to do this because they sell special kits in the stores for kids to go crabbing. And it's more of a catch and release thing. So you catch them, you put them in a bucket and you can watch them. And, but then it, when you're done, you have to put them back in the water. So that looks like a lot of fun. So I it don't does. Know we have places like that in America where you can do that because yeah, that was, it was really, it, the video is really cute. Yeah, so. it was super cute. I do not want to catch and release. I want to catch and eat. <laughs> well, I did find <laughs> videos on like the... The professional, like, commercial crabbers who, that's their livelihood. Commercial crabbers. Yeah. Ooh, that's like, that's like a, that could be a show on, like. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if there are shows because the, I think the video I have, I found it's, it's longer. So I don't know if like kids will have the attention span to watch it. But as an adult, I found it very fascinating because yeah, they, they go out every day, like they have to go out every day, no matter what the weather is. And so they'll go out even if it's raining and stuff, which is very dangerous. Um, but the guy was like, "It's we actually will find we catch more more crabs when it's raining. So mm. those are like our good days. So he's like, we, we don't ever stay home. Like we have to go out. It's it's our livelihood. So yeah, it's, huh. I'm sure there's, I'm sure it's if there's not a show, work. there should be. So yeah. That's crazy. One of those shows on like uh, something you'd see on like Discovery, yeah, Discovery, Travel Channel, yeah, risking risking their lives for crabs, commercial crabbers. (laughs) (laughs) I just I find that stuff fascinating. I mean, I think that every area of the world has their thing that they eat or i mean mm-hmm. we've got corn and farms here and i know, you know we got the short end rice of the patties stick. in japan and all these different like 
but their culture is just built on it. Like our yeah. culture here is in the summers you buy corn for super cheap and you mm-hmm. shuck your corn and you like mm-hmm. you know detasseling you is, it. yeah corn boils yeah you know and so i love learning about what other areas like what are their cultural it's so normal for them all of the crabbing stuff but for yeah. us it's like oh tell us more That's about how I you catch crabs go. i need yeah. to go somewhere <laughs> coastal because those places are the ones that do like they've got really good sushi and it's like cheaper because like plethora of fish and stuff i mean when we so we visited some friends that used to live in maine and they just went down to the docks joey went with the husband and they just bought some lobster and brought it home and oh my goodness and ate it (laughs) i would love to go to maine Maine is beautiful. Yeah. I would love to go back sometime. Like New England. I I just, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've never been to that area over there. So that would be nice. Bucket list. So here's what we need. We need to fly there and then rent a car. Okay. I got the hookup for the rental. driving from here, it's just real long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Price of gas is not that great right now for For road tripping. It's not. I don't want to talk about it. Can we go up into Canada? <laughs> I really want to go to Canada. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have oh, a passport. Yes. I have a passport as well. I have to get mine renewed. Well, we'll leave you behind in Maine. <laughs> I have been watching wow. Heartland. I re- started is rewatching that in Heartland. It is in Canada, and it's in okay. like this beautiful, like it's horse country, so it's lots of mm. like land and rolling you know meadows and mountains and trees it's beautiful valleys hills valleys rivers rocks nature grass (laughs) (laughs) wildlife they do they have bears and stuff okay cool cool. i want to go to prince edward island that's where Mm. the anne of green gables yeah. But there's Let's there's other it. places in Canada I would like to go to. Did you know that most of the population of Canada lives very close to the border of the United mm-hmm. States? I did know that. That's, a, that's free. That's free information for all right. of you guys. Why? It has nothing to do with this episode. Why don't they take uh, advantage of the rest of the land? Because the rest of it's of like Canada's, wild. It's really rocky. Yeah. So it's like Australia where like no one lives on the inside. It's also well, cold. I feel like because in Australia, there's like giant monsters and stuff because there's like giant spiders and that snakes. Is, that is not entirely accurate. Monsters, okay. Lauren. Okay. Well, come on. Anyway, I'm just saying the Canada, children. It's Think of the children. It's rocky territory. You can cut this out, but I was watching Heartland and they were talking about how cold it was going to get. And I was like, it must get really cold in Canada. Joey's like, yeah, Leah. Do you know how cold it gets in Minnesota? I was like, yeah. He's like, Canada is above that. It gets colder. I was like, yeah. Oh, that's a fair point. Like that whole Geography. country is cold. That sounds terrible. Yeah, I think the the little towns that are are, are in the northern portion, um, they're just more for like scientific research. Like, well, that's why people actually live there. Who is telling me that they just shut them down? Like, they just shut down whole parts of the country during the winter because you can't drive there it there's they can't oh, keep up the roads that so they just sense. like oh. shut them all down there's another show 
Yeah, yeah we'll talk about that later. Anyway, we should finish okay. this podcast. I'm Close sorry. down Canada. <laughs> Travel channel. <laughs> <laughs> If you liked Jacob Have I Loved, um, here's some suggestions of other books you might like. Well, Anything Else by Katherine Patterson. Yes. I would I would recommend The Great Gilly Hopkins. That's mm-hmm. a good book. I would avoid Bridge to Terabithia. I would avoid that as well. Unless you are needing a good cry. Mm-hmm. I would say Anything by Kate DiCamillo. Yes. Especially the Raimi Nightingale books. I think because of Winn-Dixie has a similar vibe too. Okay, cool. I haven't read that one, but I remember you had. Are there Mm -hmm. any other books you guys could think of that might be similar vibe to this one? Hmm. Those are the only ones I could think of. And I haven't read all the books in the world. So there could be other ones. So I think I associate these two books because of the feature films movies. But Jacob Have I Loved and Sarah Plain and Tall, in my mind, are connected. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. I don't know I if it's because that. of, like, it goes into detail about the culture of the region that they're in. Yeah, yeah. And it, But I think it's mainly because of the movies. Yeah. Because I love, I love Sarah Plain and Tall. Mm-hmm. I just really love that whole series. Me too. <sighs> so good. Anyway, we can move forward now. All right, it's my turn to pick the next book. Yes. (gasps) What have you chosen, Lauren? Okay, the book I have chosen is A Single Shard by Linda Sue Park. It is the winner of the 2002 Newbery Medal. Here is the Goodreads description. Tree Ear, an orphan, lives under a bridge in Chuopo, a potter's village famed for delicate Caledon ware. He has become fascinated with the potter's craft. He wants nothing more than to watch Master Potter Min at work, and he dreams of making a pot of his own someday. When Min takes Tree Ear on as his helper, Tree Ear is elated until he finds obstacles in his path. The backbreaking labor of digging and hauling clay, Min's irascible temper, and his own ignorance. But Tree Ear is determined to prove himself, even if it means taking a long, solitary journey on foot to present Min's work in the hope of a royal commission even if it means arriving at the royal court with nothing to show but a single Caledon shard. I, th- I don't know if I'm pronouncing that word right. Caledon? Celadon? I don't know either. We'll have to find out for when we do the podcast. Benji rated this one five stars. Benji! Oh, Benji. I forgot about How you, How is he? His exact words were, like I enjoyed him. this one a lot. Well, that was a lot. You know what, Benji? He doesn't always, always give. You know, he doesn't always to the give point. worded reviews, right? But he read this three years ago. Our good but I always Benji. trust his reviews. 
I do too. I really, I really do. I don't, I don't know anything about him. I believe he's a school librarian, but that's, that's all I know. What do you mean you don't know anything about him? He's our good friend, Benji. I mean, I'm just friends with him on Goodreads. (laughs) Maybe one day we'll get to meet Benji. I hope so. He probably doesn't even know that we've talked about him on our podcast multiple times. It's for the best. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, should we let the people know how to get in touch with us? They could send you some birthday messages, Leah. Oh, they could, but I can't find the page. Yes, everyone tell Leah happy birthday. Even if it's um, belated. It will be belated because they will not hear this until after her birthday. But that's okay. But that's okay. We take all belated birthday wishes. Mm-hmm. You could even wish... Mandy and I a happy birthday. Yes, from April. Don't. It's yeah. not your birthday. We also want we <laughs> like fan the, mail. Just give your love to Leah. Okay, it's her special time. We accept Venmo, Cash App. You can email us teamfriendshippodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at Team Friendship Podcast. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Team Friendship Podcast. Our website is a little different than normal. Right now you can find us teamfriendship.wordpress.com And you can find me on Instagram at jedireader1138 I'm on Instagram at redheadedreader I am also on Instagram at mandymalayforeader Well folks, we'll see you all in another time. And remember friends, no two persons ever read the same book ever. That's right, right? 81. What if that's what, that's it, what it says? what it says in the book, in the show notes. That's what it says. Well, I know that's I what it says in the show notes. I don't have a physical now copy of the book. I'm guessing myself, Leah. <sighs> we're already off to a rough start. All right, we're good. I'll edit that out. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going first. I told you to go first because I started. Oh, the you podcast. did. That's what the star's for. <laughs> I'd go first, but um. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh my goodness. There's been an awakening. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. All right. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't cut me out, Lauren.